Welcome to Tigers Untapped, a Bluff City Media podcast. Stepping up to the microphone are your hosts, TJ Willis and Trey Lasley. Pull up your chair, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. What is up, Bluff City Nation? Uh, obviously, if you're watching, we got a co-host fill in tonight my man kenny what's up dude what's up the man? older wiser shall we say better looking version of tj can i just tell you i i feel kenny, a lot you're better not about... gonna believe this my beer is it's overflowing that's a rookie error what did you do i dropped it about 15 minutes ago but i i did the you did the tap, knock tap. on the top and it we didn't work you did the tap tap listen i'm gonna and be that's honest a good brew you. though i have been i have been really nervous about getting on with you guys because honestly, Trey, I thought you guys were like 26 up until like a week ago. <laughs> I mean, uh, Kenny texted me something. I don't even remember what it was, but I said something about being in college with Will and Kenny was like, damn dude, wait, how old are you? We're in college. And I was like, Kenny, <laughs> I, I we're, 30, you were like, you, you 32 about being and at 34. You talked about we being at your kids, girlfriend's man. house. You talked about being at your girlfriend's house when you got pissed off about, the SMU game with Will. And I was asking you, I was like, dude, how old were you? <laughs> you were 10 years old at your girlfriend's house. Ken, like, yeah. Kenny thought I was an 11 year old at my girl's house, pissed <laughs> off about SMU Memphis. But I, so it made me feel better, bro. Honestly, because like I am, we are the same out of the entire Bluff city media family. I am the second oldest. And that is, really does does damage to my soul and so i legitimately thought i was hanging out and working with a bunch of like young bucks but you're not too far off from hey, me man there's some young in there i do you can't see it on camera i got white patches in my beard already listen i'll just say this you I'm still play soccer there. you still play soccer every week like if i tried to get out and play a game of basketball right now trey i would i would have a broken femur you'd be in probably, a bucket of ice tomorrow probably a couple of uh torn achilles that would have been something that scientists and doctors would never they don't know what they don't know is in your body i would f- somehow figure out how to tear if don't, i try to you're play basketball. sending a lot of bad juju my way i feel like right now no bad juju all right first things first kenny is participating tonight but i know he's not a beer guy he actually ran out to his local Kroger's. Yeah, I threw an S on there. And uh, tonight we're rocking with the high cotton Mexican lager. There it is. Uh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, you don't want to explode. It's don't not explode. Ideal. Let's not explode. But uh, smooth, sessionable lager mm. packed with flavor from the use of traditional German malts. It's crisp, refreshing, Get this. I don't know if you have a lime by you, but it says best served with a lime. I need a lime. What's that Will Ferrell wedding crashers? Ma! Lime! <laughs> anyway. Lime! Lime! No, this Listen, is good. I'm, I'm going to need your help. I Do I open it now? Yeah. Oh, get that okay. Get that uh, busted. Get you a sip in. Wet the palate. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Okay, what's you, the, you what's can't the be t- telling me a rookie move, and then I I'm see a, your. I'm a legit rookie, bro. Like I don't do this often. So help me. Like, do I need to? What's the? What's the? How do I hold? Do I hold the can? Like, like what? Well, T, what I, if you want to be, 
like in true TJ form, you got to have a pinky out. Okay, I think that's what he's been out. doing. Okay. Yeah, there you go. All right, here comes the first sip. Do I go ahead and give my rating? No, I'm just joking. No, not yet. I'm joking. I'm joking. That would that would be very rookie. But hey, moment of silence for TJ. Let's pour a little bit out for TJ. TJ not awesome. here. He's not injured or sick or dead or anything. He's just traveling. Uh, can we tell everybody what he's doing? I don't think that's a, a an issue. He's uh he's going to Minnesota. He will be at the Grizz T Wolves game at the Target Center tomorrow night, which is pretty cool. And then, strangely enough, he's not from Minnesota, mind you. He is a Vikings fan. So they how did that are, happen? How did that? What? Where's that? From? I've asked him before. So shout out to Randy Moss for being a, a superstar during our childhood. I think uh, that's what it was. Randy swayed TJ to be a Viking for life, if that's what they call him. I don't know what Vikings fans call themselves. Vikings I mean, for life. Vikings for life. Yeah. I mean, so he he will be at uh, Grizz T Wolves tomorrow night, Wednesday, and or I guess tonight if this is coming out Wednesday, and then uh, at the Viking. I don't know who the Vikings play Sunday. Maybe like the Jets or something. So so he's got he started off his uh fandom of Minnesota with Randy Moss, and now they've got Justin Jefferson on their team. They are. I don't think anybody expected them to be as good as they are, but they've got probably one of the best receivers in the entire game right now. If uh, best receivers and best touchdown dance, I don't know. If if the Grizz and the Vikings win this weekend, TJ will gritty on the podcast next week. Is that has he committed to that, or is that he hasn't? We're committing. We're committing him, him to right now. Yeah, he's doing that. I'm gonna need to see that. That's definitely gonna need to happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll hey, find shout out, out as he listens to this in the airport tomorrow. Shout out to my guy TJ, man. Like, listen, I got kicked off my podcast over at on the bluff. Christian got rid of me after two weeks. Brought in Gabe <laughs> Coon. Um, so when so when Trey texted me and was like, "Yo, TJ's you know laid up in the hospital bed and no, just, he's bailing. He's bailing on me. Can you help?" I was like, "I'm not coming over here to try to fill TJ's seat. I'm just gonna throw that out there to you." I was very nervous about joining this <laughs> yeah, tour, this tour de force that is Tigers Untapped. I was very nervous about joining it tonight. We're but such a uh, elite production of just incredibleness. It's y'all y'all have a fan base. Y'all have a fan base that is passionate and follows you. This is a this is a a dope little thing y'all got going on over here, man. <laughs> we are uh we're lucky. I'll say that. All right, into the what we thought was going to be an incredible feast week turned out to be. I mean, for the basketball team, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I will say two heartbreaking losses, one by each of the squads this weekend. Right. Uh, football first. I. Ugh. I Are guess. You okay. With, Are you okay? Like I'm okay. I'm okay. I I'm, look. I'll say it. This I've. How do I say this? I've almost come to expect it, which is I'm in a bad spot, but I'm okay. So apathy is not a good thing, right? And it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the team. It's just my fandom in general. I feel like, like, are you okay, cursed? Today's, like, do you feel yes. cursed a little bit? Oh, yeah. 100%. I just, it feels to me anytime 
it comes down to a last second anything, that my team's on the wrong side of it. I'll tell you yeah. what, I was 93% confident today during the U.S. soccer game that Iran was going to score a, a last-second goal to tie it and crush our dreams. I mean, yes. And they almost did. They almost did. Absolutely. It was very, very close. That little, I don't know how, I don't know soccer the way that you do, but that that kick that kind of went around the side of the, I thought that was it. Yeah. I thought that they was had a, uh, a header right before that that almost went in too. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm fine. I did look, I was getting a lot of hope on that last drive on Saturday. I really felt like at the bare minimum, we were going to go to OT, but there was also a part of me. I was at my in-laws house. We were watching and they were like, Oh, this is so great. Trey, they're going to win, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, just wait, something's going to happen. Hmm. And sure enough, like the timeout before the pick, I had a buddy text me and said, this pick's going to suck so bad. And I was like, you know what? He's right. We're probably about to throw a pick. And then sure enough, next play, pick in the back of the end zone ball game. And it's just like, I've kind of come to expect that. It doesn't have anything to do with the players, not the team. It's just my fandom. I feel like I'm on the wrong side 95% of the time. So uh, that's where we're at. I don't, you know, again, it felt like they came out strong we oh, got yeah. up you know we came down yeah. score i think we only well we had five possessions in the first half punted once yeah you did miss a field goal which obviously into the win that's tough you right know, just a bad break but like i felt like they came out and they were playing well we run the ball right out of the gate i tweeted it i said i felt like this is going to be you know the end to the non 100 yard rushing mm -hmm. streak we're like 24 games straight or something uh, two, dating two back seasons. to last year two straight seasons which is absurd and then we didn't get one we didn't with memphis man like with memphis how absurd it is it had been two seasons that since they've had a hundred yard rusher although tj and i talk about this all the time with our friends and we look back and we're like we at the time we did not realize how lucky we were to have the running backs that we had i mean just two years ago there were national publications that were calling Memphis running back you. Oh yeah. Which is wild. And I, I wouldn't have argued against it. No, but we didn't have, it started out looking like we we're gonna have a hundred yard rusher. Didn't have one. Didn't have a hundred yard receiver. I'd have to go back and look, but I don't remember the last time that that happened. I think this is the first season since 2011, I want to say that we haven't had a single 100 yard rusher the entire year. Now, obviously, we have a bowl game to go, mm -hmm. but um, I don't know. We got to figure out a way to get, and I, it doesn't even have to be back to like Henderson and Antonio. Like, I'm not saying give me like a 1500, 1600 yard rusher, but like, Give me a capable, like, let's have some 100-yard rushing games in there. Based on what you saw, though, do you think the Tigers have that guy on the roster right now? I mean, I think Sutton or even Coffee could be one of those dudes, right? Like, they've shown, I think, flashes of being able to break off some of those runs. They've, they're a little shiftier. They're a little quicker. Mm -hmm. Um. And Sutton got the start the other day. Yeah. Right? Yep. And then it just kind of, I don't know what happened. 
he stopped kind of getting carries after the first quarter, it felt like. Um, I mean, I think one of those guys can be it. I think you could also probably maybe find a little bit older guy in the portal or something for next season. But, um, yeah, that's definitely something I feel like moving forward, they've got to make a priority. You know, whether it's finding a guy or Sutton or Coffee being one of those guys, or if it's issues within the offensive line and schematically there, like, you got to figure it out. Because this is, like we just said, it's two years in a row pretty much where it's just been super underwhelming to put it nicely, I guess. I I do want to ask you about that in a little bit before we get, after we get off the SMU game about what some of the needs are the Tigers have that they need to upgrade during this off season. But, you know, back to the SMU game, um, they're just, it. I think the trend that was so frustrating to me this year was that, there seemed to be more games than not a quick start, right? Like came in with a game plan. You hear most college college and NFL um, offensive coordinators and head coaches talk about they have scripted out two drives worth of plays, and it seems like those things work, right? Like it seems like those things work. Um, they have them scripted out based on what they kind of envisioned the game plan to be, and then after those first two drives, then they kind of – make adjustments on the fly, that kind of stuff, figure out, you know, drop a play if it doesn't work, you know, whatever. Yeah. That, that to me seems to be the place where the Tigers have struggled the most this year is in those, after those first two scripted drive. And I, I'm not saying they have scripted drives on two or scripted drive, yeah. like two of them. I'm just saying after they get past that first adjustment, before period, the defense has made real adjustments. But the, the strange thing to me is like that almost happened it probably wasn't exactly midway point of the year, but if you think back to the first four games, at least it's almost the opposite, right? We, we were coming out and struggling early. We got down 35, three to state and then played better in the same. I mean, it was like fifth or sixth game of the year. And we were leading the nation, I think in second half scoring fourth quarter points specifically, right? You think back to, the temple game and it was three, three or whatever it was into the fourth quarter. And then we roll off 21 points in the fourth. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's like, but yeah, the last several have definitely, you know, the ECU game was a quick start. The SMU right. game was a quick start. The Houston game was a quick start. Um, the Houston game for shoot three, for and, a half three and a half quarters was a quick start. <laughs> is that a quick start or is that a sustained start <laughs> for three quarters and 11 minutes was a quick start. Like, um, so yeah, now it's now it seems like you know the second half of the year it's been almost what you're saying. Yeah, they've come out, and then once the defense makes adjustments, it's like we kind of end up stalling a little bit. Mm. And I don't, I mean, I don't know exactly what it is. Like, if that's truly what it is, they're making adjustments, and it's taking us a little bit to figure out exactly what the defense is trying to do now, or what they've figured out and what they're doing. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. And something, you know, to watch as we in the bowl game. Are they gonna come out and have another fast start? Or is it uh something where they can put together four full quarters um, you know, after a couple weeks of practice and, and prepping for that. So definitely something to watch. Well, I, I know last week you talked about with TJ, you said um one of your keys for the game against SMU was shutting down Rasheed Rice. Uh yeah. About that. About that. 
I tweeted it out, and you know a way to not to <laughs> ensure that you don't shut him down. And this is nothing. This no, is not me not hate. picking this is not on. Not hateful. This is not hateful. But you can't have linebackers and man on man on man coverage on the best wide receiver in the country. I, I mean, it's just not going to work. I tweeted that out when that happened. I mean, I said, at least at least get my guy some help over the top or something. I said whatever defensive scheme ends up with Tyler Murray guarding the best wide receiver in the country, toss that away. Don't use that yeah. ever again. Yeah. That, that was tough. I mean, yeah, he had what like 13 catches, 150 yards in a tutty. Like I mean, he's we a definitely baller. did not lock him up. Oh, he's for sure. I mean, like I said, he's, you know, one of if not the best wide receiver in the nation, but defensively yeah you can't have a linebacker one-on-one with that dude no give my guy some help no i mean but and everybody I, I else... again i mean that was that was also one play i'm not saying we were rolling out there right over and over again having him one-on-one but oh right um, yeah yeah i mean they you know the defense stood up and shut down their running game again you know shut down another team's running game i mean they didn't yeah. i mean they started out strong too yeah. right like yeah. um and then they got the stop, you know, with two minutes left that they needed to get. You kick it on side right there, you get the stop, three and out, get the ball back. Like they gave up yards, they gave up some points, but when we needed it late in the game, that big Tiger D did stand up. Yeah. Hey, we almost Man, had I, a, we almost had Javon Ivory had 98 yards or 98 yards uh, receiving. I know I thought about that when I said we didn't have a hundred yard receiver or rusher, but I'm like, hey, 98 is can not. Can we? Can we? Is there a grading curve here, like a grading scale? Can we bump? I'm not up? bumping it up. No bumping up. Okay. I'm not bumping that up. You're tough. You're a tough to you. 98, tough, 98. Uh, you're a tough grader, man. You're a tough grader. <laughs> Let's put your kind of forecasting hat on in terms of off season and kind of getting uh, into the portal. You know, those kinds of things. We got some big news tonight broken by Bluff City NIL, Bluff City Media on Twitter. Um, Caden Priestcorn is coming back. Frank Bonner over Huge. at Daily Frank Frank Bonner over at Daily Memphian um, broke that uh, Seth Hennigan is coming back and that Ryan Severfield will be back. I mean, dude, what does that tell you? First question. With Seth and Caden coming back, obviously there's gonna be some dominoes that fall that go out the door. Um, there's going to be some guys they're going to bring in, but specifically your starting quarterback and your, you know, kind of prominent tight end guy who's got a chance to be a pretty effective tight end for for your team, willing to come back after such two pretty tough seasons. What does that tell you about the team, the 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 locker room, the culture, the the I, the thought processes about Silverfield? Like, what does that tell you? I mean, I, I first and for like, and I think you can see it on the field too. I mean, it showed Saturday night. Like, I know there was a point in time when the sideline reporter said we looked spiritless and all this stuff on the sideline, but the fact that they came back, got the ball back, drove down the field, like the players are still bought in, right? Like, and even the dudes that, that we talked to, like, I've been on the sideline. I've been on the sideline for a lot of games, Trey. Yeah. Never seen them spiritless. Like that was I. Re- I heard that and I was like, "Nah, take that with a grain of salt." Anyway, yeah. sorry. Keep and that's also, I mean, that could have been anything. You walk by at the wrong time. I mean, there's no telling what had just occurred when you know that sideline reporter went over there, right? Like, but the main thing I think, I mean, they're still bought in. 
They still are you on two already? I'm on two, baby. For not a beer guy, that is impressive. I am also not a small guy, so that's that can't you are making that can look tiny. Is that a six ounce can? Where did you find six ounce Mexican lager cans? At Kroger, at the Kroger's. Dang. Yeah. Uh no, I think it means they're bought in. I mean, obviously. Those are two guys that have starting positions that are locked in. So it's also a little bit easier for guys like that to stay, right? I mean, given the NIL environment that we're in, sure, somebody could come in and offer them something at a, a larger school or whatnot. But, I mean, I think first – it just says that the, the team still believes in what they're trying to achieve. And they probably see the same thing that we were just talking about, right? Like, they probably feel like they are right there. Right. It's not like they're coming out and just getting absolutely obliterated and blown out week out of week on week. It's yeah, like we said, a play here or there. And they could be ten and two and playing Saturday for the conference championship. Yeah. And I, I think they see that and they understand that and they're still bought in and trusting in the process that, that Coach Silverfield's, you know, outlined in in front of them. Absolutely. But from from a I mean, like a portal standpoint going forward, like I mean, there are there are some guys that have a fifth year that could come back. Um, I mean, you got Chris Howard and Doyle that could come back. I think I don't know what you think about this, but David Kemp entered the portal. Yeah, so that kind of makes me think that maybe I mean he hasn't announced, but maybe Chris is back for a fifth I would year. Just, I would suspect so. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. Started out the year great. At one point, he was like 15 of 15, the only kicker in the nation that had attempted that many kicks and not missed one. Right. Um, Doyle can be back, who was, I think, top five in the nation in punting. Yep. So from a special teams perspective, kicking specifically, I mean, I feel like you're pretty good there. Eddie has a fifth year that he could come back for, a big one. And, I I mean, you know this as, mu- as well as anybody, but Jalen Allen has a fifth year he could come back. So from a defensive side, just an overall, I think, leadership side for the, I mean, for the team in general, like that would be massive. Yeah. Um, Asa can come back. But from a portal, like, I st- even though you've got Caden coming back, I still feel like we're kind of missing that, like, explosive receiver. I mean, you're losing Gabe, oh, yeah. who was kind of like your speedster guy out there. Right. Um. We've seen a little bit of like Rock Taylor, a little bit of Cam Wright, but if you could go out and get uh, and skates, and I mean, we saw flashes, but he's been injured the last couple of games, right? So I think if you right. could go out and get one more or like a real go to receiver, um, I mean, we talked a little bit about the running back room, but I like Asa and I like Sutton and, and, and Darius Coffee. So, like, if that's your guys coming in with Ducker, like, I think you're fine there. Um, so do you think, honestly, like, I know one of the big differences from this past year was that Ryan talked about wanting to find that one running back, and obviously that didn't work out this year, right? Like, they didn't have that. If they bring back the same guys, is that not going to be the same kind of deal? Or do you think that having another year of off-season training and spring camp and fall camp and summer workouts with Sutton will get him? you think Sutton could be the guy, or do you think it's Ducker next year? Or could I think it be Asa? Sutton can't. I think Sutton could be the guy. Um, I think you give him another full. You give him a full off season, a spring. I think you very well could come in next year, and he is the one guy with sprinkles of Asa, maybe to catch out of the backfield or whatnot. 
Um, as so much as I not, love, as much as I love Asa, somebody there. I love Asa so much. Like his story, I think I told you guys this a long time ago. Getting to talk to him this offseason, his story made me just a massive Asa fan. But Asa kind of shows you who he is, and he's affected. But it, but it's it's the in spurts thing that kind of is yeah. a struggle, I think. And so that's what that's what I think the Tigers are going to need to find is someone that can be consistent. You know, somebody yeah. that somebody that can be the guy who week in week out is getting big plays knocked out from the backfield like the Tigers yeah. have had since you know a long since 2017 so a, a perfect example of that was that run that Ducker had the other night at SMU totally agree that like 40 yard yeah and this <laughs> I feel I don't want to say that he's slow because he I mean he's damn faster than both of us but that's a play right there that I feel like Sutton would have been gone gone yeah. Right. And that's like that explosiveness we're talking about missing. Yeah. And I, I think you give Sutton, like I said, another off season and that and next year that could be him. And that he's mm-hmm. in at that situation and he is gone. And there you're back kind of having those explosive run plays that you've kind of been missing. I agree. What did they have? I think they had like one play or maybe not even one play this year over thirty yards from the on the from the on the, yeah, field, it on was, the ground. And it was the first game against state that 50 yard Jay's yeah. 50 yard touchdown run. And that was it. Could you, I and mean, then yesterday, the Saturday was the next closest. I think it was 40. I mean, just that is, that is a stunning stat from Memphis. Yeah. Consi- <laughs> considering three year, three, four years ago, it felt like we were having at least one a game. Or if you go to the Anderson, SMU college game day game, Antonio Gibson had like 10 of them in one yeah. game. Like, yeah. Kenny Gainwell made it. And listen, I I do want to I want to caution people to not judge all these running backs based off of Kenny Gainwell, Antonio Gibson, Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard. Like these guys are all elite running, running backs, backs. NFL yeah. contributors. Like those guys don't come around too often, especially to a school that, you know, is not in the power five. And so yeah. You know, I think you kind of get used to those kinds of players being involved in, like, have, being on your team, but that's not totally normal, you know? And But I yeah. do think Sutton might be able to be that guy next year. Could he be the yeah. next guy up? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I've everything I have seen out of Sutton so far in the, the touches he's gotten has, I mean, he's looked great. Shifty, yeah. quick. He hits the hole hard. Yeah. He looks – he's got good vision, like – I think he's got everything you're probably looking for. He just needs another offseason. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Christian brought this point up on in, in in the on the bluff podcast that we do, and I thought it was so good. The Tigers have never been a defensively like uber talented stalwart team. Like they've never been led by their defense. Nope. And that's the one thing I think that's missing. This defense was actually, man, they statistically did some good things this year. Yeah. Oh, and I think they they improved. I mean, there are time. I mean, they struggled with third down. It did feel like at times when we needed to stop, we couldn't get one. But like statistically, you're right. They improved and have had much better numbers than we've seen recently. And I, that's another thing that's encouraging. You asked earlier about if there's anything to feel good about. I think going into a second year of, I mean, it was we had two new coordinators on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And I think going into a second year, depending on who you're able to 
bring back, like there can be some significant improvement. Absolutely. And it helps tremendously to have gone through a year played and then they get another full off season mm-hmm. and uh, you're not focused so much on implementing. It's more of like tweaking and fine tuning things and putting guys in the right spots and that kind of thing. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think the thing that was missing the most from previous tiger teams is just that explosive playmaker in the offense. Like that's, that's what was, I think the biggest glaring thing to me this year and specifically in the last two years. Well, forget that they had Calvin last year. Um, but this year in particular, it was less of a big play. There was, there was very little, um, fear that the Tigers were going to bust off a big play on you this year, like they have in the previous in, in past years. And so, you know, that's what I think is 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 going to be interesting to see is can they find somebody like that? Can somebody that's on the roster now be that guy, be that st- step up and fill that role? You know, I, you know, it's it'll be interesting interesting to see. Yeah, I, I mean, and they we had there were moments this year where we did have that right. Like, I mean, you had Joe Skates, yeah skates you had gabe throwing freaking dimes to asa in the houston game right like there were definitely moments and when we saw flashes of it so to me it's like how much of that falls on the offensive line and what health wise we know we had guys in and out we have guys kind of moving to different multiple positions so it's like i think the best offensive line is one that's got a lot of continuity right everybody's in their assigned position they've been playing it together like so when you have injuries and different things that are impacting that and guys are moving all which way like i wonder how much that plays a part of it and like you see some of that too with the amount of times that seth was having to run mm-hmm. i mean if if i want to see anything for next, and that's not that like Seth's capable but just from like a, keeping him healthy and getting the the ball to other playmakers like I do not want to see him being our leading rusher for multiple games does with not yardage or attempts. No, does not need to happen. Let me ask you this though. Do you, so you, you talked about it. Could that potentially be the offensive line to me? And this is no disrespect to him at all, but to me, it felt like our play calling got a little bit stale at times. Like you, you mentioned, and it, what brought that to me was you mentioned the Gabe Rogers play uh, to Asa in the end zone against Houston. And yep. that was that one game they were coming out of, you know, a couple of losses, I think, at that point. And no, no, no. They were four yeah, and one. Back at that to time. back. No, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were four and one. They were four and one at that time. That was the beginning of, of yep. the the, yep. the four game streak. And <clears throat> they had played um kind of a, a relatively subdued game against North Texas the game before. And Everybody was like, man, we, you know, we want to see some stuff. And so they came out and just started bombing. Right. Like, but then you just didn't see a lot of that at the, you know, at the final part of the year, you didn't see a lot of, of creativity, um, on the offensive side of the ball. And that could be a, a, a roster thing that could be a, you know, a personnel issue, not being able to be creative, but it definitely felt like there was a couple of times, especially in this SMU game, where I was like, I, I when they came out on offense, I was like, I know what they're going to do. They're going to pass on first, run the ball up the gut on second, run the ball up the gut on third, or or run the ball up the gut on second um, and try some kind of pass on third down, third down and long. 
and have to punt the ball. And that seemed to be kind of a common, a common thing throughout the year. It was just kind of a predictive play calling. Yeah. And I, I mean, like you said, some of that definitely could be personnel stuff. I mean, but some of that too is could fall on protection, right? Stuff like the reverse pass to like, you gotta have time to be able to get that off. Right. Like, some of your creativity is limited if there's not time for some of that stuff to develop. So like right. it could, there could be a, a couple different reasons why, I mean, yeah, some of it definitely could be personnel and some of it could definitely be like issues within just timing and protection to be able to get some of that stuff under off. Oh, so now I got to relive this heartbreak all over again <laughs> because you're going to talk to me about a dude that came into our game O of one from three for the entire year, and right. then goes two of two, including a freaking banked in three pointer on Thanksgiving night when banks are supposed to be closed, Kenny. <laughs> and yes. this is, I'll tell you, this is where I'm at in my fandom. I talked about earlier how my team is always on the wrong side of things. When Elijah Doe for that ball and got fouled and sent to the line, I say he's going to miss these. And then they're going to hit this three, and it's going to – I texted my buddies, my group of friends, shout out GBs. It's going to suck when they make this three. Now, I thought it was going to be like a legit Drano three. I wasn't expecting some last-second prayer shoot. I have the ball. I'm not supposed to be shooting it and throw it at the goal, and it banks in. I think his eyes were closed. I think his head was – like, I think his head was turned. Yeah. He could have thrown it behind his head. That was going in. It didn't matter how he shot it. Yeah. So heartbreaking. I saw people blaming um, Chandler Lawson for that. I'm like, God, are you kidding he me? He was right there. I mean, I see what they're talking about because he did take a second. He kind of got caught up on the actual inbound. But, like, he was right there. I mean, No the dude, one in their right mind thought that guy was taking a three-point right. to try There to was no the reason for that three to go in, and yeah. it went in. It did. Um, Heartbreaking, though, right? Like, Like, last week you guys talked about uh, with Will talked about it being a, a Q1 opportunity, the only probably Q1 opportunity throughout the weekend, and they lost it. Now they're 0-2 in Q1 opportunities this year. You know, yeah. lost a lost a SLU or SLU and and uh then lost to Seton Hall. I mean, those are right. those are two resume building wins, but pretty lost. I mean in that yeah, that, that's what makes it so frustrating and upsetting i guess is the fact that that was an opportunity and you had it right there right not only i mean you could have put it away with free throws but then we got the offensive rebound so you're like okay definitely we got it in the bag and then you turn it over and and they end up winning but i mean i think that's what makes it that much more painful is like we're not gonna have a ton of Q1 opportunities. We're not playing in the Big 12 or the Big E or where, where you're night in, night out. You got a Q1. Right. Almost. So, like, I mean, like we said last week, I mean, that was almost the most important game. Now, could Stanford or I'm not Nebraska, I don't think. Stanford, no. they're picked fifth in the Pac-12. They could end up being top 50 maybe, and that could end up being a, a quad one game come March, which would be great. But, like, at this point in time, that Seton Hall game, I feel like, was the most important. And then it definitely doesn't help that they go and lose their next two games after beating us, right? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, so just from that aspect and being in the tournament, like that was one that you really wanted to have. Uh, 
But like we've talked about and people have said, like, shout out to the team for bouncing back, right? Man. It could have been real easy for them. And I feel like in years past, that's something we would have seen where, you know, they may have come out and lost the second game as well and then maybe squeaked out that third game and gone one and two and come back home. But for them to to bounce back, still go two and one, um, I mean, I, I think it's – I mean, it's not the perfect scenario, but it worked out fine. Trey, I was at the SMU game last year um, in Memphis, um, and I forgot how kind of the schedule broke down. But it was that home game against Memphis made infamous by Penny Hardaway's meltdown. I wouldn't yeah. even call it a meltdown. When, Meltdown's we, when a, we had like 46 dudes out with injury. Yeah, when there were so many guys out with injury. And I, I listen, I want to retract the meltdown statement because it wasn't a meltdown. It was very calculated, I think. I don't think it was uh, – I think he came in – I think I think he pulled Jeff Calkins aside and said, "Hey, ask me this dumbass question." This is, are you telling me this was scripted? Listen, I, I no. Jeff would say absolutely not, and I agree. I don't think it was scripted, but that. Um. Anyway, I it was worked. there for that. I was there for that. I was there for the game. But here's the thing: so everybody remembers that 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 meltdown, that that freak out in the post game. That SMU game was brutal. I'm sitting there on the baseline watching them play and just going, oh, no. Like, what is happening? Nobody wanted to be there. The fans yeah. didn't want to be there. The players, you could tell, didn't want to be there. The bench was terrible. The 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 toxicity that was coming off that bench was just unreal. Yeah. Um, and that was coming off of a few losses, right, where they had just gotten gut-wrenched by Ole Miss and Georgia and – Murray State had come in and beat the brakes off of them. And I mean, it was just a rough couple of games. And that was kind of the culmination of that, that SMU game. And so you're right. Like when you talked about this whole like Seton Hall losing that that heartbreaker to Seton Hall, having to turn right back around and play Nebraska. I said this in the previous podcast, play Nebraska and then come back on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and play Stanford. Like they could have been like, yo, dude. I'm done. I don't want to play this. This these games don't matter. We're playing for yeah. fifth place here. But they played hard those two games. Hard. And that's dude, that is what I've I've said it numerous times. I mean, this may not obviously be our most talented team. I mean, by far, but nothing else. They play harder than any team we've had in years. Hundred percent. Every night. And there, I mean, obviously there are times when they're struggling offensively. I mean, we went five and a half minutes the other day against Stanford without scoring. But when they turn up the intensity, dude. It's another level. They turn it up. Well, Penny talked about that in the post game. He said, all I got to do is say circle. I say circle and it's on. Come out and say circle. Damn, scream. We know what he's. (laughs) I'm screaming circle tomorrow night. I'm going to record I sit close enough sometimes I can yell it. Circle. 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 Start screaming circle. Get the student section, the the fantastic student section that shows up to the game. Start getting need, them to say circle. Yeah, we need a circle chant. The whole the form just goes at it, and then the team just freaking lights them up. Absolutely, man. Who were you most impressed by? Like, so obviously that that Seton Hall game was rough. DeAndre had a terrible game, played 10 minutes, five fouls. I mean, dude, like that's that's unacceptable. And 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 DeAndre would tell you the same thing. It's unacceptable. You're a you're a, the oldest player on the team. You've been in the system for longer than anybody except for a couple of players. You absolutely 
cannot do that. Yeah. And it's the frustrating part about it is like, there's going to be nights where it's just calls aren't going your way. Right. You're playing tough defense and it's a foul. Like you, it's not, but I mean that night, dude, he was putting himself in spots and doing stuff that was so, so goofy. And it's just like, bro, Deandre, what we need you in this game. Like, what are you thinking? I mean, the bear hug foul. I mean, come on. And then, like, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is, but DeAndre, if you're listening, we know that you are. We can't have any of the, no more bear hugs on anybody, bro. Let's not, Just let's let not it be, go. Let's not be bear hugging people, please. Let it go. We need you too bad. Who were you most impressed by this in those, uh, in the bounce back games? Who did you, who were you like, okay, this is something here. I will tell – I mean, obviously I'm most impressed by Kendrick, which is weird to say because, like, Kendrick, he's Kendrick. Kendrick he's, you know what he can do. Um, But just to come back, I mean, we saw him twice. He went out again. Like, his ankles are still clearly bothering him, right? Like, but just to be able to battle through that, to want to battle through that, like, there's guys out there that wouldn't have done that. Like you said, they'd have lost that first game. They said, hey, my ankles are effed up. Like – I'm setting out these two. I don't want Nebraska. Who I mean, Nebraska basketball, I'm not playing. Um, but second, like, I mean, I've been impressed by Keontae. Yeah. Like, dude, that dunk Ooh. the other day. <laughs> bro, I jumped up about as high as he did off my couch when he did that. Like, Video or didn't happen. He's showing some flashes of. Video like, or didn't happen. I got to see you jump that I'll out. have to go look at the ring camera. Okay. I think the Christmas tree's in front of it, though. So ah, I'm like, out of luck. We'll see. Yeah. But uh I mean he's he's it's not like he's out there knocking down every three, but he's hitting some open threes. Yeah. Drove the lane, dunked on dude's head. Like he's playing hard defense. He's diving on the floor. Like yep. I mean, I I want to see Keontae put out there with that first five. I do too. At least until, you know, Demario can get cleared. And obviously Penny talks about him being the third best. So I think he's gonna naturally fill into that role, but like in the meantime, I want to see Keontae out there at the start of the games. Who would you uh who would you want him to replace? Jaden or Alex? I mean, I think I've Jaden. Yeah. I mean, I think Alex gives you enough defensively. And I mean, at least in Nebraska and Stanford, he kind of turned it around offensively, right? Like yep. he knocked down three threes. And he's not obviously there are times where you know, he drives the lane, leaves his feet, and doesn't know what he's doing with the ball, and we end up with a turnover or something like that. But, like, I've always been an advocate that Alex more than makes up for his turnovers or what have you with defensive plays, or he makes a play in a crucial moment that more than makes up for whatever may have happened earlier in the game. Yep, I agree. Um, and, I mean, he said it the other night. Like, he's never had more fun or been more comfortable in the role that he's playing. Yep. Yeah. He had a couple bad games where he went basically over from the field, but like we also all know that he's not like our offensive go-to guy. If we yeah. need a bucket, it's Kendrick. Yeah. Right. Like, so I, I think I would put Keontae in for Jaden, leave Alex and, and uh, Kendrick at the, the one and two kind of duo guard and, and if I hear you correctly, circle it, yeah. Circle it from the get go. If I hear you correctly, I don't think that's a disrespect towards Jaden. Jaden's earned minutes; like he deserves yeah, to play. Yeah, I, I mean, it, yeah, I'm not saying 
by any means that like Jaden doesn't need to be out. I mean, there's just a struggle offensively at the beginning of the game that could be yeah. alleviated by a guy like Keontae because yeah. there's a level of aggression and, and um, you know, playmaking ability that he has that yeah. Jaden has to be Jaden. Uh, most of Jaden's buckets come off facilitation, right? Like someone facilitating the ball to him, not um, or distributing the ball to him. Yeah. Keontae can go get his bucket if he needs to, or yeah. he can, Stand in the corner, well, and, and, and a, a part of that too is like in some of those moments where you're struggling offensively, your best offense is a defense, right? Yep, yep. So you apply that pressure, you're getting out in transition, and sometimes that's what it takes to start to kind of get the offense to start rolling. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, man. It's going to be interesting, and I think that you know that is is you know it's pretty clear to me that defensively this team has not lost a step defensively in terms of and that's a systems thing you bring in Frank Haith um as the assistant coach you you've already got Penny who is a fantastic defensive mind um that's the identity of this team and so uh 100% that and that's that's a hell of an identity to have uh, you know there's nothing there's nothing that that facilitates a good offense more than than a a, a defense that turns people over rebounds the ball um, yeah. and gets moving. Um, but there definitely has been some struggle offensively. And I think, you know, we ad nauseum, every podcast that talks about the Tigers, every radio show that talks about the Tigers, ad nauseum, who's the third guy? We understand that that's a need that they have. Um, but I think that the, the ceiling for this team is going to be um, higher if they make a few adjustments to their lineup, whether that's Demaria, whether that's Keontae, whether that's maybe Malcolm coming in and starting instead of Chandler. I don't know. Hey, to go back to who's impressed me, man. I mean, I'm, I'm throw Malcolm out there too. So I mean, even, even his hedges out there on the perimeter, right? He's, I mean, he's getting little jabs away. He's taking cookies out there from guards at time. Like Malcolm's been playing good. Give him happy good minutes. That, happy for that guy. He Me too. Deserve, he deserves it. He's Absolutely. Been through, he's been through a lot. Been through a lot. I co- I've covered him since high school. And so I was in the locker room in the uh, regional game against Whitehaven when he injured his knee. Um, the injury that kept him on the sideline for a little bit his freshman yeah. year at Memphis. And and so I remember what that was like for him. I was at his house when, with after the surgery, you know what I'm saying? Like all yeah. that kind of stuff. Like the, uh, this kid is very, very holds a very special place in my heart. And so it's very good to see him, yeah, performing well after yeah. all that he's been through. Absolutely. Um, let me ask you this. I know y'all talked about it a little bit on on the bluff, but. How much better can Demaria make this team? Oh my God! Well, we have history with this, right? I yeah. talked about this on on the bluff. You know, you this is the second out of three years that there's been a guy that is a major rotation player that has been deemed ineligible by the NCAA for the better part of the you know first part of the first half of the season. Yeah. We remember what happened with DeAndre when he came into the game against Tulane in two, in 2020. 
and how it was like an instant like spark immediate yeah i mean you could feel do you remember it through that the freaking, you... yes well I, yes i can remember it to this day sitting at my buddy jonathan's house and we were like damn this feel like he has brought so much energy like this is what they were talking about it was like my veins were open and i was like give me like the, <laughs> you know like we were like, we Whoa. started doing jumping jacks yeah we were ready it, to roll it was wild it was so wild. you think it's, it's you think it's it's similar to that i think no matter what his production is on the floor it's similar to that because yeah i've seen demaria on the sidelines i've seen him talking to the team i've seen the way that the team interacts with him he is absolutely one of the best teammates that I've seen in the four years that I've covered this team. Like the whole tone and tenor of the bench is different with DeMaria on the bench. You can that, tell that this team likes each other. hundred percent. Yeah. So, so even if he comes in and doesn't automatically score 18 points a game, like he did for UIC, I don't care. Like there's going to be an injection of life because he's out there playing. That's yeah. just, that's just, you can see it in the player's eyes. They, they gravitate to him just like they gravitate yeah. to Alex Lomax. They gravitate to Alex Lomax. That's why Penny trusts him so much because I said this on, on the bluff. It doesn't matter who you are, an old dude walking into the Lori Walton or a young kid walking into Lori Walton. Alex is the guy that you, he's, He's the gatekeeper of that yeah. entire facility for that team. And I mean, you see it no matter who's been on the team. And and Demaria has that same type of energy. And so do I think like what will he do when he's eligible? He averaged 18 points in college, which I don't care who you play for, where you play, what league you play for, whatever you do you don't average 18 points a game without being a damn good offensive player having yeah. skills. You just don't do that. Um, yeah. So I think there's going to be talent. I think he's big. He's going to add a level of physicality. Um, he's a, a rebounding guard based on his time at UIC. Um, but I think the biggest impact is just going to be that same impact that he, that Deandre had just, in 2020. Yeah. Just bringing that energy energy. Yeah. Like they're all together because you're right. They love these guys like each other. Will said this last week on the show. These guys like each other. They love each other. They want to play for each other. And so there is going to be an a a lightning rod of energy that comes into that game when Demari is out there. Yeah, I mean, dude, the best teams that I've been a part of may not have been the most talented, but they were like we just loved being on a team together right like we hung out outside of practice outside of games what like we just all got along we were all friends we all came out we played hard for each other we played hard for like and i feel like that's what this team is and that's what that's what last year's team was missing they didn't like yeah. each other like i'm i'm telling you man you know i won't spill tea or anything like that but that i've i've talked a few times tonight about the bench right the, the the energy of the bench yeah because i have a baseline seat right next to it you know you'll see my big ass on tv sitting right next to the bench with a camera like this Can, so i can he got his feet propped up on the last seat on the bench i do i do i'm sitting there chilling um but last year's bench 
I've played basketball my entire life. Last year's bench was one of the worst, most toxic things I've ever seen in my entire life in sports. Um, it was horrible and it was very gross. It was gross. This, this season. Nope. Absolutely. A hundred percent opposite this season. Yeah. So, I mean, y'all talked about it on, on the bluff too. Like Penny would tell it. I mean, he told us last year, <laughs> yeah. right? He was open as, I mean, some would say too open about it. Yeah. And this year he's just as open talking about how much this team likes each other, how much he loves this team, how much fun they're having. And like, yeah. I think that tells you, I mean, this team could probably go as far as they wanted just based on that alone, like playing hard for each other. They play hard enough defense. Like mm-hmm. sure. They're going to struggle at times offensively maybe, but like, I'll tell you what, I don't even care that much about the, I mean, the shooting's coming around. They shot 40% from three against Nebraska. Like They're fine. Yeah. 34 almost against Stanford. I mean, what I get hyped about and what I'm looking at after every game is the freaking Ken Palm defensive rating. Like, yeah. and I, they've done it twice already. But, like, every time we hold a team under 50 points, I'm getting hype. I love it. 100%. I love it. I just it think, can be ugly, ugly games, but, dude, they play so hard defensively, and it gets me. I love that. I think one of the biggest differences and that, that for me, makes me feel like the, the Tigers have a chance is that even in the midst of those those struggles they were having last year, um, the team never really felt like they – it, were enjoying themselves like we're having yeah. a good time like even in the wins it didn't feel like a fun time yeah um it didn't feel like they were enjoying being around each other this year is just like the talent level might not be as 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 high as they as the the ratings told us that they were they should have been last year but i will say we know that Penny's teams play better at the end of the year. We know that that's how his teams have worked. They've worked that way for three straight years now. Um, and if, you know, past behavior is the best sign for future behavior, then I think that that's what's going to happen this year too. And so even though they came out of these first six games, four and two, lost their first two quad one wins um, or quad one games, I think they still like the energy, the, the togetherness is a, just a different level than it was at the same time last year when they oh, were yeah. struggling through all that stuff. And so these, this team is going to only get better as they move along this season. And if that camaraderie, that passion, that whatever stays the same, I agree with you. They can go as far as they want. They just can. Yeah. I mean, I, to your point, like this team can get so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of, I mean, I feel like they're playing. I mean, they've had, you know, they had a St. Louis game where defensively they just, it was an off night. Right. I mean, offensively, we almost put up 92 and then you lose on a banked in three in a, a game where your second best player did not play it's a like 10 minutes. huge majority of the game. Right. But outside of that, like, I think they are by far in the last four years playing the best basketball that a, a Tiger team has been playing at this point. I agree. So for them to already be there and then us talk about how much they like each other, like, dude, come March, 
They could be a scary team. Well, and I think what I think what we're going to see happen is you still have to when you bring a new team in like they did, like all these older guys that have played ball for a long time, but separately, when you bring them all in together, you still have to define roles. And yeah. so that's what's happening right now. And the thing is, what I like about it is as they are defining roles and trying to figure out where things are going to go and how they're going to do it and who's going to do what, there is very little ego involved in that Yeah. on this team. Last year's team, a lot of ego, undefined roles, made for – Everybody's the guy kind of thing. Made for what we saw last year. Yeah. This year – Undefined roles, still trying to figure all that out. It'll happen as the season goes along, but still everybody's in lockstep with each other right now. So there's there's room for growth. There's room yeah. for you know the natural evolution of a team throughout a season. This is what happens, especially in college. Yeah. yeah. I'm not talking about Although, NBA. I mean, I will I I agree with you, but I do think that at this point in time where we are right now in the season. We haven't had roles. It doesn't feel like defined like they are this year. I mean, I, I think, yes, they're still getting ironed out. It's going to change a little bit when Franklin gets cleared and that kind 100%. of thing and lineups yeah. are changed. But, like, I mean, I think we have pretty well-defined roles right now. I just like, don't think – I don't. I think the biggest roles is not necessarily what you do when you're on the court. It's who you're playing with, the what you're doing, like when you play. Like, it's the, it's the lineup changes yeah. that happen. yeah, yeah. 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 Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's no, the, absolutely. It's the who's going to be in the second, who's going to hold the, who's going to be the ball carrier for the second squad? Who's going to be the yeah. shooter? Who's going to be the guy to lean on? Is it going to be Lawson? Is it going to be uh, Keontae? Is it going to be, yeah. who, who's it going to be? Who's going to be the the starting five? Like those are roles that still need to be clearly defined and they haven't yeah. been yet because their whole roster is not available. So yeah. when it happens, they're going to be okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I for real get, I get you there. I, I was looking at it more of like, if Kendrick's on the floor, you know, he's the go-to guy. He oh, and DeAndre, they yeah. got the one-two going. Chandler's out there. He's grabbing every board known to man and getting putbacks, right? Jaden's out there spotting up, kick out, shoot, yep. knock down a three, right? Yep. Alex is just tough, gritty defense and making plays. Like, yeah. Yeah, but from, yeah, a lineup perspective and who's – falling into the eighth man and that kind of thing. Yeah, those are still kind of getting worked out for sure. Absolutely. All right, two big games this week. I say big. North Alabama tomorrow. Shout out to my in-laws from Florence. Tigs, 26 and a half point favorites. You like the Tigs to cover that? That's a and lot I'm, of points, Kenny. It is a lot of points. I'm not a better – I don't understand the over-unders, the, the stuff like that. I'm not good at stuff like that. So – I'm going to follow your lead. Do you like the Tigers to cover? Oh, that is such – that's a lot of points. Um, <laughs> North Alabama is 327. Yeah, I'm going to say we cover. We cover. Yeah. Yeah, we cover. Well, we covered in we covered in football. We over we, did. We, we covered in football against North Alabama. Let's see if we, we can did. keep that uh, that streak alive against North – what are the North Alabama – North Alabama what? They are the Lions. And fun fact, they've got two live adult Lions in captivity in the center of their campus. Like, free, like I know they're in captivity, but are they just tied to a tree or are they? No, they got like a cat country in the middle of campus. So like the Memphis Zoo. I know you're country. familiar with cat. Yeah. you know. Oh, you know cat country. Kenny I spends know. a lot of time at the Memphis Zoo, if you guys didn't know. 
me and Tabo. It's like a are, second, it's a second and, home for him. Me and Tabo are good friends. Tabo's the big male lion. He's awesome. Anyway, that's awesome. North Alabama, Tabo. Tabo. Shout out Tabo. If you're listening, we know that you are over there in cat country. <laughs> Shout out to Tabo. Yeah, no, they're the uh, the Lions. Got two of them on campus, which is pretty cool. It makes me um, laugh every time you say that. I love it. I love when you say that. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> when I'm so behind the scenes, I'm editing everything that that TJ and Trey do. I love it. I look forward to when Trey says, <laughs> "We know that you're listening. If you're listening, we know that you are." Hey, anyway. most of the time they are. Hey, for real, listening. That has happened a few times this year. We know that they're listening, and you. You can make sure that Tabo hears this too when I'll you're go, at the zoo the next time. I could put some headphones. I'll put some headphones on him <laughs> and let him listen. Just play it in his uh his his tiger den. Uh yeah, you know cover. what I would like to see we'll though is UNA not break fifty points tomorrow. Would love BCU that. didn't break fifty. I know. Stanford didn't break fifty. Let's go. Let's do it again. Do it again. And then the big one this week, yeah. starting out our uh, sort of little mini SEC run, the Rebs out of Oxford come up to the FedEx Forum Saturday night. We owe that them. could. Uh, I mean, that's a that's an important game. They're sitting in like top fifty in Kimpom. Obviously, I don't think they'll end up being a quad one because they'd have to get to top twenty five. But uh, they had a nice little run down there in Orlando. Potentially could have played them twice. Uh, there's no line on it. Ken Palm's got us as a seven point favorite, 69-62. Um, they've had a good little start to the year. Kermit's got them playing good ball early on. They are six and one. Lost to Oklahoma by four in the championship of that ESPN Invitational, so should be a good one on Saturday. I, I mean, it's, I don't know how you feel about it. That's again, you can't lose that, right? That's the kind of game early on last year at home where it's. It, was, it feels like a Murray State, right, where they're kind of that, like, right. although Murray would have ended up being a quad one. <laughs> um, but, if Mur- I mean, a, a good opponent good. a good opponent at home, but you should win the game. I mean, that's yeah. one you got to have. People are talking about us going two and two in this uh, little SEC spurt. I mean, I think that's got to be – that's got to be a game you, you pull out. You got to win these home games for sure. How do you think people are going to react if they go two and two? I think it's going to depend on what the two L's are and what the two, I mean, it's going to depend what they are. If they, if the two wins are Ole Miss and Texas A&M at home, and then you lose both Auburn and Alabama. Yeah. That's another, right. That's another O and you'd be O and four probably at that point in quad one, which is concerning. I would, I would rather get, I would rather split Ole Miss and A&M at home and split Auburn and Alabama away. That way you're at least uh but me personally, I'd rather I want the Ole Miss game. Win Ole Miss, win one of Auburn and Alabama, and I'm good. I'm Gucci. Alabama's tough. In I mean Auburn's gonna be tough. Oh yeah, absolutely. But they're gettable. I watched part of that St. Louis Auburn game. Auburn, I think, okay. is gettable, especially being neutral site. Um yeah. Alabama and Tuscaloosa three days after playing Auburn in Atlanta will definitely be tough. Who's going to be your player of the game tomorrow against North Alabama? Who do you want to see make a stand? Who do you want to see? And don't go Kendrick. Everybody knows that. I'm not going to I wouldn't, to be honest with you, 
I was thinking about this before we started. Well, I say this and this would totally backfire. I would not mind resting Kendrick tomorrow. I agree. Banged up both ankle. I mean, the dude, they damn near said he sprained his ankles 24 times since he got on campus. Does, is is there like somebody like dropping, but like what is going on? At, like, Dude, some people just have bad ankles. Is there a, is there like know. a, is this a Vanderbilt court at the Lori Walton I don't know. facility? I've, I've like never what? seen, I don't know. I've never seen somebody tweak their ankles this much, but I, I wouldn't hate to see him rest tomorrow. I think that's a game where you can afford to do that. I mean, you better be able to afford to be able to do that. I mean, I would like, a Keontae Kennedy breakout game. Like, give me a give me a fifteen plus point night. Knock down a couple three balls. Maybe give us another highlight jam on somebody's head. Can I make a prediction? Yeah, we're gonna have two twenty point scores tomorrow night. I don't hate it. Keontae Kennedy, Jonathan Lawson. Let's go. Okay, let me ask you that. Mm-hmm. We got no J Law run on Sunday. What was that about? Penny said it. If if the matchups don't work, wasn't in the flow. It wasn't in the flow, and by the time it, it was in the flow, it was too late. You're not going to put him out there in the heat of the game after 40 minutes yeah. of ball playing, or after 34 minutes of ball playing, and put him out there. Which I do. I respect that playing. I only played at the high school level, but I can say absolutely, if there was ever a moment where you sat for an extended period of time and hadn't got any play in the game at all. And then you get thrown out. Like there was a particular game. I remember I didn't play the first half at all. Probably disciplinary. I don't know. I was a terrible kid or I just didn't get to play. I get it. And then was thrown out there mid third quarter. And it was maybe the worst thing that's ever happened. I was stiff as hell, cold, had no flow of the game. Didn't know what, you know, and it's just the worst. Yeah. Yeah, So I, I respect the, uh, don't just throw somebody out there ice cold and halfway three quarters away through the game for sure. We got to remember, man, Penny is evolving and learning as he goes, right? As a college coach, this is a new version, a new mode that Penny is in this year that I love. Love Yeah. No, I, I, we did. We talked about it the last three years is how many, how many dudes were playing, how deep the rotation was. And he said it himself. Uh, to start the year, no more sympathy minutes that he was at times putting guys out there just to be like, yeah, go get you four or five minutes. And he's not doing that anymore. So that's definitely something he's learned and, and is improving upon. I think we are going to see, I'm going to call back to last week. I think we're going to see Jonathan Lawson from Will Coleman's pro-am type Jonathan Lawson coming out tomorrow. I think he's going to play play as much as he wants. I think, Penny, this is going to be considered kind of a bounce-back game for him. He's going to get him minutes. He's going to put him out there, get him some run, let him get some confidence. I was watching this yeah. golf thing the other day. Bryson DeChambeau was talking about when you go don't through bring a me, Don't bring me Bryson stuff in here. Bryson DeChambeau, the biggest, baddest, long driver. He's lost the, all of his weight. Has he lost all of his weight? What happened? I mean, he cut it back. He said he was feeling terrible. Dude, you got to go look at it, what his eating plan was. My guy was drinking eight protein shakes a day. That can't and be good for wonder- your body. Like, your body shuts wh- down. Wondering why he felt horrible. He needs to get a, he needs to get a nutritionist. Um, but he came. He was talking about 
on the golf course, when you go through stretches where you don't go under a lot, you don't get your, your at par or your two above par, one above par, and you're no, just not seeing that. those. He said, he goes, I always tell, and this, he goes, I tell this to pros, instead of going to the tips all the way in the back, go play the front, front tees and go eight under and do yeah, that a couple of times, just to feel yeah. it, just to get that feeling. That's what this North Alabama game is going to be for Jonathan Lawson tomorrow night. I like that. Anytime you can throw a golf reference in there, I'm all about it. Yes, sir. All right. So Tig's two and zero this week. Yeah, I think they're going to beat Ole Miss. I think I think they are. Yeah, the Tigers are owed after last year's game at at in Oxford. So bad. I was down there. It was awful. I was there too. It's terrible. I felt so. I've never like. I felt I'm such always anger. One, that. I, I'm and I'm. I'll be honest. I yell at the opposing coach, the players. What I felt so bad for Imani last year in that game, dude. Can I just tell you something behind the scenes? We walked into the media tunnel after the game, into the media room, waiting for Penny to come out. And I have never, man. Listen, I'll say this about Memphis media: y'all can bang on us all you want, but there is a level of professionality, professionalism that comes from the Memphis media that, that you would expect to see at a larger SEC school. There are some of these reporters that were from that would cover Ole Miss that were coming back into the room and were straight trashing Amani to Memphis media, like disrespectfully tr- trashing Amani. I felt so bad for that kid after that game. I'll just leave it there. That was terrible, deeply disturbing. So, they Rose. the Tigers are owed. Yeah, we need a beat down now. So then I can go two and zero, two yeah. beat downs. Let's go. Let's do it. All right, on the beer, Mexican lager, very good. I will tell you this: mm. we've talked about it before. I'm not the biggest fan of the high cotton cans. They got this two two face thing going on, so very yeah. plain. And then yeah, yeah, I, must, yeah. I guess that's a cotton. I don't know. I'm just going to let you roll. I'm just looking with you. Can. Mm. I'm going. This is so meh. Like a 5.1, if that. I mean, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of block, like, bold lettering. I like that. I don't need flower. I don't need, like, a lot of colors. I like the color schemes. I like color schemes, things that look. I think it's also throwing me off that I got this big ass barcode sticker on the side. That's a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> Kroger, the Kroger because I bought it. That. I bought it as a solo at the uh, yeah. liquor store. Yeah. I, All right, I, give me your can rating. Uh, ten point oh. Ten point. This is the best can you've ever seen in your life. The best can I've ever seen in my entire life. Any. I mean, if there was ever a rookie score that has ever happened, that was it. A ten, you just, this is the best. You will never see another can better than this. And this is the best can you've ever seen. More than likely, I won't see a better can than this one right here. Oh, my gosh. Oh, all right. Rolling with it. I can't wait to have TJ back. I mean, that was embarrassing. <laughs> uh, a beer rating, though, this is good. I like it. I don't know that it's like a winter beer. It doesn't feel wintery. Although we, it's not too wintery tonight. It's been storming. Mm. Um, 
I didn't enjoy it with a lime. That might have enhanced it, but uh, this is a good beer. I could definitely drink multiple of these. You did drink multiple of them, and you're not even a beer guy. So your crush- crushability rating has got to be through the roof. It's through the roof. Probably a 10.0 uh, Probably a ten point on the crushability. Okay. You're, you can't Am rate not? anything anymore. <laughs> these are so rookie. Uh, beer rating. This is good. I'm going to go 7.9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't have a, I don't have a, you are a connoisseur of all things lager and beers. Uh, that's strong. I, if I could, if I, if I could like, this was very good and it's clear. I liked it enough to where I've drank two of them in a hour and 27 minute podcast. So I liked it. I don't have a, I don't really am. I'm not great. You just as, throw it out. I know as, what you want to say. Just throw as it you, out. as you've seen, in the past two scores, I'm not great at this, so I'm going to go 10.0. Straight. <laughs> Kenny's out here at a dunk contest, just throwing 10s I, up. I am the exact opposite of the Russian judge. <laughs> the exact opposite. All right, I'll take it. The best best tasting, best crushability, and best can that Kenny has ever seen. For Kenny, I'm, this is Trey. Come with the cold beer, stay with the hot takes. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Tigers Untapped, please leave a like and a comment wherever you download your podcasts. Head over to BluffCityNIL.com for comprehensive coverage of Memphis Tiger Athletics. We will see you back here next week.